to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you unstained at his glorious throne. To Jesus, our Savior, be glory and majesty and power and honor to Jesus alone. You get in your car and you drive down to O'Hare Airport. You get on a plane. You fly to the modern state of Israel. You land at the international airport just outside of Tel Aviv. You get on a bus and you ride about an hour and a half north, northeast of the airport. You stop at a specific destination. You get off from the bus and you walk a short distance and there you see it. You see the ruins of the ancient fishing village of Capernaum, located on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. You get out and you walk around for a little while. One of the prominent sites that will grab your attention is the very possible location of the synagogue that existed when Jesus walked the earth. A synagogue is a local worship place for, for people to gather in worship. Stand next to that site. As it, as it presently stands, it is about 80 feet in length from north to south. It is about 60 feet wide from east to west. The entranceway, you enter through the eastern side. And so as you walk through that entranceway of those ancient ruins, in your mind, in your mind, go through a time tunnel. Go back 2,000 years. It is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Hardly anyone knows anything about him. Because Jesus is staying nearby, he's made a habit of coming to this local place of worship to this synagogue on a regular basis. The gathering time in that synagogue typically includes prayer, a, a reading from the Old Testament scriptures, someone to comment and speak some, some specific thoughts on that reading from scripture. Jesus, on this day, has followed the proper protocols so that he now has an opportunity to speak in the synagogue. Now before we continue with this scene of, of Jesus about to speak and teach in this synagogue, let's step back just half a step. 
if we are going to appreciate what is about to happen next, it's helpful for us to have a sense of, of what the people in that first century synagogue in Capernaum are, are used to listening to. To a great degree, they are used to listening to their religious leaders quibbling about this religious regulation versus that religious regulation and, and never really coming to any kind of conclusion. In other words, they're often used to hearing voices that lose the, the forest, they lose the big picture because they're concentrating on such small individual trees. A later historic account perhaps highlights this point. Sometime later, this actually happened, sometime later there was a religious scholar who just loved to, to split hairs in, in every way that, that he could. Well, he was sitting in on a discussion about a particular religious regulation at that time. This particular regu religious regulation said this. It said, if you come across a pigeon that is over 50 cubits away from the nearest pigeon coop, okay, if you, are, if you come across a pigeon that is over 50 cubits away from the nearest pigeon coop, then you can presume that that pigeon doesn't belong to the owner of that pigeon coop, doesn't belong to anybody, so that you are free to take that pigeon as your own. The scholar who loved to split hairs about everything raises his hand. He said, ah, but what if, what if that pigeon has one foot inside of that 50 cubit radius. What then? Wow. Now, granted, that is an extreme example, but perhaps it does give us a little bit of a sense of some of the things that, that maybe those people in that first century synagogue in Capernaum are, are, are used to listening to. With that background in mind, Let's get back to Mark's account of what happens next. Jesus goes into the synagogue and he begins to teach. Mark records that the people there are amazed, amazed at his teaching. Why? Because, Mark says, because he teaches as one who has authority, not as the teachers of the law. Here suddenly they are hearing someone who is getting right to the heart of what matters. He's getting right to the heart about their relationship with God. And based upon the bulk of everything that Jesus proclaims throughout the New Testament, we can confidently gather that in that synagogue in Capernaum at that time, 
Jesus is speaking to his listeners about their sin, about their need for a savior from sin, and about God's fulfillment of his promise to send a savior. Well, while the people there are reeling from all of this, and they are reeling, suddenly something else happens. There is an incident. A man has entered the synagogue, and this man is suffering from demon possession. The demon within the man begins to use the man's vocal cords to cry out. He uses the man's vocal cords to, be, to, to start shouting at Jesus. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The demon is terrified of Jesus. The demon is desperate. But, but in its desperation, the demon decides to have a go at some misdirection. He concludes that, that if he points Jesus of Nazareth out as the Holy One of God, and if he, it, a demon, is doing this, then it figures that all of the listeners in that synagogue that all of the listeners would simply conclude that, that this Jesus of Nazareth must be on the side of this demon. Well, Jesus knows this, and he puts an immediate stop to it. Be quiet, he says. Come out of him. The demon shakes the man violently, and comes out of the man with a shriek. After this happens, it seems as if every person in that synagogue is bubbling over with something to say. And Mark gives us just a sampling. What is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. To close out this episode, Mark simply says, news about Jesus spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Brothers and sisters, what are the trees in your life right now that are making you lose the forest of your life? We all get them from time to time, right? You and I both. And so there's the question, what are the trees 
in your life right now that are making you lose the forest of your life. Maybe, maybe it's your present satisfaction with your job or the lack of it. Maybe it's your present popularity at school or the lack of it. Maybe it's a stretch of, of, of bad health for, for yourself or for a, for a loved one. Maybe it's a relationship that's hit some difficulty. Maybe it's career planning. Maybe it's retirement planning. Maybe it's the past year's accumulation of, of stressful headlines. Maybe the tree in your life right now is that you feel isolated, you feel lonely, you feel anxious, you feel empty and tired. Whatever the tree is in your life right now, step back, step back, step back. See the forest. The forest is Jesus. The forest is God the Son passionately loving you with a love you and I will never fully comprehend. The forest is God the Son displacing all the regrets in your life, displacing all your regrets with the holy, sinless life he has lived on your behalf. The forest is God the Son washing you clean with his blood on the cross forest is that God the Son lives. He lives in all power. He lives holding all authority. He lives never to leave your side. He lives to fill your every moment with meaning, purpose, He lives to guide even the bitter and the hard in your life for your good. What is this? They said in that synagogue in Capernaum. What is this? He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. That's Jesus. 
You are His. Praise God. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.